Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of the A340 podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and I'm joined by Alex Doherty. Ah, good afternoon, Cat. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. You know what? I'm a bit flat about something, though. What's that? Miller's not here. Oh, I know. Unfortunately, he's uh, he's a bit under the weather, a bit sick. Yeah, uh, he's he's been pretty sick all week, really, and yeah. you know, the rare occasion he has come to uni, he has <laughs> he's looked pretty pale. Um but so, yeah, yeah, wishing him all the best. Yeah, no, we hope recover we, well, mate. Yeah, we hope we hope you uh, feel better soon. Rest up over the weekend. Have some, have plenty of fluids. Watch some JLT, mate. Maybe some <laughs> AFLW. Get you better. Maybe some AFLW. Yes, it's gonna be. Um, oh, it's gonna be a huge weekend, really. I mean, sec- it is. You're excited about this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going all over the place this weekend. I'm <laughs> heading to the uh, the women's the du- double header in uh, Marvel Stadium Saturday. Oh, and- lovely. And I'm going to go to uh, Mars Stadium in Ballarat, despite saying I may not want to go back <laughs> last week. Doc and Miller might both be bedre- uh, bedridden by the end of this week if uh, things go unfortunately for oh. our poor Doc. Oh, dude, I just don't want to go back there. <laughs> but, um, oh, look, I'm feeling a lot better this this time around, and, yeah. and fingers crossed I get through the weekend in one piece. If I don't come back to the next episode, you'll probably know why. <laughs> He's caught the Ballarat sickness again. <laughs> um, but uh, talking about the AFLW, it is yep. International Women's Day today, so happy International Women's Day. Make sure uh, the important women in your life know that you love them. Oh, Treat yeah. them something special. Oh, Give yes. your mum, your sister, your girlfriend, whatever. Give them a nice hug. Give them some flowers. Treat them to dinner. Whatever you like. Are you doing anything for your uh, partner tonight? Or? Uh, I won't be seeing her, but I'll, I'll be extra sure to be very nice on the phone call. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's what you want. Keep, um, keep her happy. So, AFLW Doc, do you want to run us through what's been going on this week and what's upcoming um, for this weekend? Okay, so I'll prob- we'll probably just go through a quick recap of uh, the games from last week. Yes. Uh, the Brisbane Lions, they got, they got absolutely pummeled by Geelong in... On Saturday, mm. and it was probably one of the more unexpected results. To be quite fair, yeah. Um, you know, Brisbane's one two eight, the lowest score in the history of the league. Jeez, you wouldn't have that? you wouldn't have expected it from a side that the week before gave the doggies a real panting. Mm. And I think it almost the I only watched bits and pieces of the game, but I think this result spoke a bit more about Brisbane than it did Geelong. Let's not take yeah. any away from Geelong. I thought Geelong were. Quite, quite good, and there's quite a few players in that Cats team that are standing out quite immensely at the moment. Right, but um, I think Br- Br- Brisbane that was a sh- that was an appalling performance. Yeah, what what went wrong for them? Uh, I just don't think there were I just don't think there were many players switched on. Like as, as I said, like I didn't watch mu- much of the game. I only watched I only ca- caught some of the highlights. But um, from what from what I saw, just Brisbane the Brisbane women's team just didn't look switched on one bit, mm. and it's that sort of I don't know maybe. Maybe they just uh, got got a big head from uh, the win the win the week before, but I think it's like for a side that's well and truly in contention for a final spot, you got to do much better than that. Kind of performances like that one, especially when you kick one goal for an entire game of footy. It's pretty shocking. I know, I know, we harp on a little bit about scores in on social media and stuff like that, but. Mm. Still, in this day and age where scores are progressively getting better, kicking one goal in a game of football is just not good enough. Yeah, especially for a team that's at the very least t- tipped to be a finals favourite. You'd be yeah. hoping the Lions would be making it into the um, the finals, that, but not, yeah. not with that kind of form. Been in the last two grand finals and you cough up one goal too. Yeah. What the hell? Um, Collingwood probably should have got their first win last week against Carlton. But, it was a bit um, of an inspiring match, hey? Yeah, oh, look. 
it, I saw I saw the second half of this game. I like I liked how Carlton came back. I think Carlton are on the improve. They might they might get another win before the season's done. Not sure about not sure about finals, but I think there's a lot of upside in that Carlton team. Mm. Um, I think Matty Prisparkas just an absolute gun, gem, absolute gem of a player. She's a gun, absolute gem of a player. She, she, yeah, lock, lock her in for the Rising Star this year. <laughs> it's it's already done and dusted. She's got it for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Melbourne, well, I think they did what they, what many expected, and they throttled GWS. Um, a few pumpings across this weekend. Yeah, um, we'll get to the Kangaroos Crows game shortly, but I think GWS have been the biggest disappointment of the season because mm. you you think back to their, their year last year and they were a game sh- a game short of going going to the grand final. They ended up getting yep. beaten by Brisbane mm-hmm. in in the last game. To add in a couple of good players, you haven't really lost many, many players in return. Right. So you, the, the consensus was they they were going to be the top team in Conference B, mm-hmm. and they have only won one game. That was that's Col- shocking. That was against Collingwood, by the way. Who that still is have, shocking. Who still haven't won a game. Oh. But um, uh, I think there's there's a lot of issues in their in their middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, GWS. I they've. They've got good forwards. I think they've. I think they've got really solid forwards. It's just getting getting it down there is probably the big question for GWS at the moment. Right. We kind of see, especially in a game that's as rough and contested as the AFLW, kind of being able to. I know it's very, a very old, uh, very old coaching press conference tradition to say we just got to win the contested ball. But if you're not winning the contested ball, obviously with the Giants it shows. Yeah. You can't um, win the midfield battle. Can't get it down forward, can you? No. Like. Let's see. They, they got beaten by thirty nine last week. Um, they met, they just got past Collingwood the week before. Just but, got past the bottom team of but, the comp. But before, but after, before that, they lost by they lost to Carlton by thirty points. Mm-hmm. Carlton are exactly world beaters. Yes. Uh, and they got thumped by the North, and they got and they got done by Brisbane by a couple of points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot of problems with GWS, and doesn't really get any better because they play Adelaide this week. Oh boy. Speaking of the Crows, um, geez, I, I, I watched I watched their game against North. This was it was touted as the game of the round, but really, North North had them North had them stitched up uh, after three quarter time. <laughs> thought thought North gave it a crack, but geez, the Crows are coming along really well at the right time of the year. Where are they? Uh, where are they placed on the ladder at the moment? Uh, Crows are on top of the ladder at the moment on Conference A, and then you got North sitting second, and then Fremantle, who are uh. who, who are sitting just behind all of them. Are on four wins, right? So the battle, the battle for the top two spots in Conference A is just at at the moment. It's it's as hot as it's ever been. And then mm. you got Mel, then you got Melbourne sitting a game behind them as well, and they're still well and truly in the hunt. Um, a lot, a lot of. Ugh, I, I don't think we can stress about Erin Phillips enough. She she's gun. Hey, she is immense. She is immense <laughs> as a player, and I think she, I think um, I think I may have said something last year about her. Being a one-man team at Adelaide, and that probably what, and that was, and I used that as probably why they didn't perform as well as they had the year before. Mm. But you look at, but she's she's playing some really good football, and then there's other players as well, players players I hadn't, I didn't really expect to pick up another game. I think of women like Anne Hatchard, who's mm-hmm. having a career best year. Stevie Lee Thompson is uh, leading the uh, league in goals at the moment. Um, so if, if you would say favorite for the for their. Uh... They're Coleman at the moment. Then? Yeah, yeah. No, well, she's she's in she's leading the Coleman at the moment, <laughs> and um, I think 
she, she's she's hard to beat when when she's when she's on the run. Mm. She's she's absolutely lightning. And then you've got other players like Eloise Jones, who I think's really stepped up in the last fortnight. Um, and and of course you got your um your, us, your usuals there. Whoops, your usuals there <laughs> in. Usuals there and uh, Chelsea Randall playing great football as always. Yep. Uh, Ebony Marinoff always playing great football. So like they're at the moment Adelaide are right now the favourites to win win the competition. All right, well you've heard it heard it here first, folks. Doc reckons the Crows are in flight and ready to take the grand final already. <laughs> um, look, it's no secret that I, I don't watch a huge amount of women's football. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know how it happens. I just never seem to catch many of their games. The team I probably have seen the most of is North Melbourne, and I just wanted to talk about one of the players that I've had on my mind, Jess Duffin. I've seen her in action a few times, kind of across their halfback flank, Ooh. and I kind of, in my head, I kind of compare it to Marley Williams. There's a very similar role where I think she's a, at least what I've seen of her, she's a very, very clean user of the ball. She gets it out of there. I, what do you reckon, Doc? I, I usually I wouldn't associate Marley Williams as a clean disposal. Person. I suppose he's got the pace, not necessarily but, the disposal. Um, no, but no, I, I, I see what you, I see what you're trying to make there. But Jess Duffin is an elite talent. Mm. Like like her game on the weekend, I think she took about 11 marks, and a, and I think about eight of them were uh, intercepts. That is so, ridiculous. So like that, like this woman can seriously read the play. Yeah, she's probably one of the best readers of the play I've seen in this league for oh, since since the league started. Mm-hmm. So I I, th- I really like Jess Duff, and she'd probably she'd probably be up there in the uh, best and fairest count at the end of the year. I think she's contributed. She's had a huge impact in every game this year. Yeah, and. I reckon you're, you're spot on. You're spot on. Jess Duffin is a cracking. Player. Uh, you don't even need to watch. Uh, don't even need to watch every game to know that this this lady is one hell of a player. Yeah. Um, so the last game is around. Doc, probably the one that I would imagine you've spent the most time on being the Bulldogs. Obviously, Freo and the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, well, well, I thought I thought the Bulldogs actually played a lot better than they had the previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that, they obviously had a letdown in the second quarter against North Melbourne a fortnight ago, and then to capitulate. In four quarters of football against Brisbane last week, uh, the week before was yeah. um, quite quite appalling, and I think I've made that. I think I made that known already. But I thought <laughs> I thought they showed a lot better effort this uh, this current uh, this past game against Fremantle. Mm-hmm. If like they they just looked like they had they just looked like they had a red hot dip. It was good to see Brooke Lachlan and Izzy Huntington get back from long term injuries, particularly yeah. Huntington because I think she's a super player and she's a great and she's a great person. Um, and seeing and seeing all the teammates get around both of them when they kick their respective goals, mm. I think it was it was just so good to see. Like you can tell that these that these players are just playing for each other. Yeah, I think there's there's I think there's, there's a couple of problems why the dogs aren't playing like they did last year. Mm-hmm. You'd probably say the big reason is no no Emma Carney and no Jenna Bruton. Big big losses. One from your the competition best and fairest winner gone. Yeah, and and Bruton's having a fantastic season herself in North, at North as well. Yeah, but you know you try you try to replace them with Kirsty Lamb, who's who's who is having a good year, mm-hmm. but she's not on the same bracket as Emma Carney. Right, is. and and I think Monique Conti as well. She she is a I think she's going to be a real star player mm. if she isn't already. I th- I think her last fortnight has been outstanding. Yeah, I, I've, I saw a um, fair bit of her last year, and she catches your eye almost immediately. There's, she's such a, um, just a talented player, and the fact that she can go between two sports so easily as well, playing basketball in the, uh, 
in the AFLW off season. Yeah, and she kills it in both of them. She's a star in the uh, in the women's basketball as well. It, it, it's a bit. She's a bit similar to Jess Duffin because she plays cricket in in the summer as well. Oh, yeah, and she's she's not a bad she's not a bad little player at the uh, Melbourne Renegades. Mm. Uh, but um, I think this is uh, she she's going to be she's going to be an absolute gun player in in the future. She'll probably I don't want to don't want to brag about it, but I think she might. She could probably win the best and fairest in, in about three to four years. Well, maybe even sooner. You never know. Ma- maybe sooner. I, I, if she keeps playing the way she plays now, I think she'll have Ellie Blackburn beaten the best and fairest this year. That's and and that's not that's not over exaggerating it. She, she will. She's coming home with a wet sail. <laughs> well, we've already got two little handy predictions for the rest of the <laughs> AFLW season from Doc out here. Uh, I was going to say that before we move on, I just want to touch on Fremantle. Yes. Um, I thought. Well, I think it's no surprise there that they are the surprise packets this year. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not many people expect them to go four and one after five rounds. I certainly didn't expect that. Yes, a um, lot, lot of handy, lot of handy little players in that side. Um, Sabrina Duffy turned turned that game on its head in the fourth quarter. Kicked two goals, set up the other one, and and that pretty much sealed the game. For I fr- think that's. Um Kind of the you hear a lot of people talk about X factor in players, and you never really get a tangible idea of what that means. But that a player who can do that, who can light the game on fire, bring it back in the last quarter like that—that's that's an X factor player right there. They, they they seem to throw the term X factor around a lot. It's these a, days. yeah, it's pretty much whenever someone does um something something that a pl- when a player does something that looks you know particularly flashy or uh, very skillful, it just suddenly they're an X factor player, but. Yeah, well, well, she was all she she was highly rated in at the under eighteen level last year. Mm. So, I mean, for for those for the Fremantle fans, I, I I'd probably say they wouldn't be too shocked. Yeah. But I, but she is. But after watching her firsthand on Sunday, she is a dead set gun. Um, one of the goals she kicked, a soccer off the ground from pretty much the pocket, mm-hmm. and there was and there was a couple of Bulldogs players, you know, between her and the goal, and it just rocketed past them both. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get. They couldn't get anything on it. That is skill. And also, just before we move on, Kara yes. Kara Bowers making a making a return from a knee injury this season. From knee injury this season, missed the first two seasons mm-hmm. with Fremantle. Jeez. She's having an outstanding year, and I think she, she was probably the one player that went above and beyond. Mm. Um, she was all over the ground on Sunday. Tackled one ball, kicked a goal. She recorded sixteen tackles, twenty three disposals. Just sixteen tackles—that is enormous numbers. That—that she, that, she is having a fantastic year, and I think she'd be one of the key reasons why Fremantle have had this resurgence. Yeah. Oh well, um, that was a nice, a handy little wrap up. I don't think we have quite had an episode that we go into that much depth on the <laughs> AFLW, and I wish I could contribute as much, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know too much about. The women's and make a make an idiot of myself. Well, it's, it's not too late. We've got two more rounds. True, I'll what, jump on board. What, 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 watch, watch, watch a game or two on the weekend. What? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> You're all over the place today, Doc. Yeah, look, I might have to I might to have a squiz. <laughs> Definitely be having a squiz at the finals when we get to it. Um, yeah. Oh, have a look at them. have a look at the double header at Marvel on Saturday. It's, mm. it, I reckon. Oh, not not so much Collingwood North Melbourne, but. Because I think North Melbourne's going to absolutely give Collingwood a bath, but I think the Bulldogs, yeah. I think the Bulldogs Melbourne game, and I'm saying this as unbiased as possible, mm-hmm. it'll be probably one of the most interesting games of the round. Oh, let's hope so. Geelong, Geelong Fremantle will be will also be pretty interesting because you've got the Cats, who I think 
they're now top of Conference B, I think. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Fremantle, who is still fighting to stay in touch with top two of Conference A. So I think Bulldogs, Melbourne, Bulldogs have a good chance to knock Melbourne out of finals at the moment because I, I think if if they can continue their form from last week, I thought they played really well mm-hmm. in for for the most part of those four quarters. They pretty much stuck with Fremantle until the last quarter. Yeah, if they, if they can bring that sort of attitude against Melbourne this this week. They're going to be... It's going to be a good game. Mm. Absolutely. Well, you heard it on A3, the game to watch. Bulldogs-Melbourne. AFLW on the weekend. Yep. Look forward to that one. Yeah, get, get on board. Doubleheader Marvel Stadium. Free, um, free entry, free fun. <laughs> we'll uh, move on to the JLT <laughs> series now. We're going to have to... The, the, we've had a few big things to talk about, but seeing as how we're on a bit of a time limit today, we're going to just briefly touch on... I'm sorry, I'm sorry for going so long. That's all right, Matt. That's all right. Um... So the first week of the JLT has come and gone. Uh, yeah, a yep. few, I mean, look, nobody's putting too much thought into what the results of the games mean. It's all testing, playing your kids, testing out new game styles. Yeah, um, Get, getting everything right. Really, I think that's probably the big thing. Yeah, like, like we talk about, you know, getting all the young kids in and the six 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 format and all mm. all those little rule changes. I wanted to first talk about. Uh, there's just one player that I wanted to to uh, focus on, and you're welcome to. Add another player in if you'd like. After I'm done, Doc. Um, yeah, no. We'll, Paul Ahern. We'll, we'll just fire. We'll just fire off players here. Now. <laughs> well, look, we haven't got too too much time, so maybe just one or two each. Oh. Uh, but Paul Ahern from North Melbourne. Um, he played a few games towards the second half of last year, and he looked like a pretty handy midfielder. Yeah. Um, racked up, I think, almost thirty disposals a couple times. Um, looked like he's he works in North Melbourne midfield. His game against the Saints was just straight up elite. Oh. This man, we were having a look at his stats earlier off air. Yeah. He played only 50 per- 56% game time against the Saints, and he racked up 26 disposals, 11 which were contested, 8 clearances, and 11 inside 50s Oof. in a half of a game. That is... That is insane stats. That if you're if he was on for the whole game, he would be pushing Tom Mitchell numbers oh. easily. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon that that would be a that would be a forty plus possession game easy. Is is this man about to light the footy world on fire? I, I, I is don't... he finally going to live up to what the Giants thought he was capable of when they initially drafted him? I, I really don't know. I actually really don't know what's what's going to what's going to be of Paul Hearn this year. I think his his year last year was good. Like, it was. I, it was I re- very good. I really liked it. His, I think his first. His first game against um, Brisbane, I think it was against Brisbane, he recorded like about 30 touches or something. Uh, yeah, 29, 29 disposals. I've got I don't think anyone doubts that this guy can play, but... And, 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 and he was a former top 10 pick. He was. So like, so I think GWS knew what talent he had. He just had a bad run of knee injuries. He had actually shocking run. I don't think any, not many players have had a worse career full of injuries like this guy. And he, he hadn't even started and he'd cop these knee injuries. Almost like... Um, Nathan Freeman from, well, formerly Collingwood and St Kilda, no longer on an AFL list, yes. which is... The player formerly known as Nathan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> which is incredibly unfortunate. He's another one who I think could live up to this kind of potential, but Ahern will be one of the great stories if he performs like this every week during oh, the year. Yeah, I th- absolutely. And you, and you think about all the players that North brought in over the off-season, mm. you've got Paul Ahern on top of that. Yeah, North Melbourne are going to be a scary team. I think year. they are. No, One like, of the scary, yeah, definitely yeah, top eight team. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, I think final. I think they've got to play finals this year. There's like, no doubt they do. Like you think about how they played last year, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of impressive signs. I think 
they, they've they've got to get the they've got to get the best out of guys like Dom Tyson. They've got to get the best out of Jasper Pittard and Pollock. Mm. Like Pollock's injury issues have been well documented. Yeah. So so I think have North. If North can get the best out of like those players and Paul Hearn, they can get a full season into Paul Hearn. Mm. North are going to be very, very damaging. I think some of the one of the issues that North might even have though is slotting these guys in. If you have a midfield that is, you know, um, Ben Cunnington and Jack Zebel and you know all these guys, where do where do Dom Tyson and Hearn and the rest of them all go in? Like obviously Pollock has a very solidified spot on the wing. I don't think North really had a genuine winger yeah. before he came in, so he'll be. In there, week in week out. You reckon? You reckon there might be a spot for a Hearn on the other wing, maybe. Possibly. I think a Hearn does a little bit better, not quite that outside. I think he needs to play off the centre bounce, off the square, somewhere in there. No, oh, yeah, yeah. No. So, um, uh, yeah. I wouldn't be putting him on the wing. Oh, I reckon you could almost put him anywhere, and he'll 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 excel. Just yeah, let him play. Um, yeah, no, like you do raise a good point. Like I think you mentioned Zebel. I think he'll play more forward now. Zebel has been, yeah. Even last year, he was playing more forward. So I think, and and that that's worked. It's it worked. has. It has. He, he's he's put in some pretty good pretty good scores. Yeah. Um. No, North are in a really really good position coming into this into the twenty nineteen season. Uh, is there any one player that you'd really like to focus on, Doc? Who is your biggest biggest focus oh. from the first week of the JLT? Geez, where do you start? Um, <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna see a bulldog? Is it gonna be a bulldog? Um, oh, look! I thought from the bulldogs' recruits, there weren't like like I thought Will Hayes against the Gold Coast found found, found the ball well. Mm-hmm. I think his his possession's a bit of an issue, but I think given the fact that they played in greasy conditions, you know, yep. maybe maybe a pass. Bailey Smith looked nice at, in in the second half of that game. I thought mm-hmm. he kicked a nice goal and showed composure beyond his years. Um, I'm just trying to think. Sam Lloyd did nice things. Yeah. Uh, I him and Duray didn't really star, but I think serviceable. Yeah, they, they were solid. Did their job. They were solid without starring. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Lloyd did some really nice things. I liked how he danced around a few of the Gold Coast players. Mm. Um, Isaac Ranking from the Gold Coast oh, kicked, that first goal kicked a beauty in the opening two minutes. Didn't do didn't do much else. I think he came off not long after that. Yeah, he like, had a little injury scare. And yeah, they like, didn't really want to keep him on. Yeah, didn't didn't do much else. But I don't think he needed to do much else because no, I, I think no. that goal pretty much showed what he is capable of. In He's a, already proven himself in a game of football. Lukosius yeah. was okay. Didn't like it wasn't wasn't conditions for a bit. Wasn't the right conditions for a big man. So mm. Mm. yeah, uh, same thing with um Ben King as well. Sh- shall we talk about Sam Walsh? Because I think Sam Walsh and Jordan Clark are the two big. <sighs> Two big names, maybe even Zach Butters as well. These think... two kids have absolutely blown my socks clean off. <laughs> absolutely, I I, I I I will second that. They blew my socks off as well. <laughs> Sam Walsh genuinely looks like a kid who not only could a win the Rising Star very easily with uh, little to no competition. I, I you know what? Just cancel all bets for the Rising Star this year. This man <laughs> is winning it. He should be at a dollar, a dollar one, not even a dollar one. Put Wait, him at a dollar. Put him at ninety nine cents. <laughs> put him at ninety nine cents if you can. He's, he's too safe of a pick. It's unprecedented. Um, I made a call after the game. I don't think I talked to uh, you or Miller about it, but I think Sam Walsh will get the most Brownlow votes that a first year player has ever received. Ooh. That's a, like eighteen slash nineteen year old first year player. That's actually not a bad call. I think he is going to do incredibly well. Even if, look, even if Cripps gets three votes every week, uh, he could get two. Walsh could get two. I mean, that's <laughs> implying that Carlton are winning most of those games. But jeez, like, just, you just, you, I just watched back to the um, the Sam Walsh game. He's mm. just, 
He just look. He just for somebody who who plays, who's just played his first AFL game, albeit preseason. Yes. He just he just uses the ball like a two hundred game veteran. He does, and, and he's he's very calm. One thing I've noticed from a lot of these, maybe it's because just because JLT doesn't have quite as much pressure as a regular season yet, but so many of these draftees look like they have very very calm heads. Yeah, like, they give themselves plenty of time to think through when they're under pressure, and I think especially Clark is like that as well. Where pretty much every time he had the ball in Geelong's back line, he made the right decision. Aside from a few times on the run, I think the only thing he has letting him down is that he's kicking when he's on the run is not fantastic. Yeah. Um, but he can intercept Mark. He can rebound really effectively. He's kind of the player that they need down there. Yeah. Saw comparisons to um, Darren Milburn, Ooh. which is obviously a very big name <laughs> to live up to. That, that is huge. That's huge. But look, he's he's shown that he's got the skills to be a 300 gamer in the Cats back line. Yeah, I, I really li- I've really liked how Jordan Clark's come along yeah. the last last couple of weeks. Um, the only thing I didn't like about him is that he seems like he's a bit... <laughs> he's a bit, got a bit of spunk to him, but even... A bit of spunk, huh? Even a little bit of arrogance, maybe. Oh, look, I don't think a little... I don't think, you know, a small amount of arrogance ever hurt anybody on a football field. Um, it, it, it's good It's good for um, first-year players to have that sort of confidence because you think, you know, it, it's a bit... It's a, Big bad industry, and mm. you've got you know, and you and for a first year player, you're gonna have you're gonna have all the se- senior opposition players try try and get into your head. Mm. So I think for someone to have that sort of confidence is is huge, and I think I think Geelong Geelong have been masters at recruiting players. Oh, like, I, I even said it um, in uh, in our draft our draft episode that I I think our Geelong rated a, a little bit higher than you and Miller did, just because. Just, I think. just because they plucked uh, Jordan Clark? Not even that. I didn't even think. I had no idea what Clark was going to be then. But I know that Geelong always managed to turn these players into stars. I had I had Clark as a top ten pl- as a top ten pick. Mm. And what do you think it was fifteen that he slipped? Yeah, to he, he like slipped that? to Geelong's first pick, which was I think about fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So like that's a that's an absolute miracle they did that. And that, it's paid off already. Oh, uh, he, he, I think he'll play round one. He no, must, no doubt. He must, no doubt. Um. Zach Butters, before we have to push on, I mean, we, we could be here all day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Zach Butters, I, I thought it was very interesting that Kane Corns came out and said that um, he, he's, uh, you know, basically plugged Zach Butters, saying he's, you know, one of the best port youngsters. He's got to get a game round one. <laughs> he's uh, very, very impressive. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch much of the Adelaide Port Adelaide game, mm. but I think the, I think the, st- the stats will tell it. Tell you for itself that he got a lot of the ball. He used it pretty well, um, and I think for somebody for somebody who was a first round pick, I think he's I think he's a really smart ball user as well. Mm. I think I'm just I've just got his stats up at the moment. Twenty five touches, going Jeez. going at seventy two percent. So that's not that's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, five marks, four tackles, and uh, two goal assists. So I think he, he's a he's a very crafty user of the ball, Zach yeah. Butters, and. It won't shock me if he. Uh, Rosie had a Rosie had a pretty solid game, didn't he? Rosie and Dersma obviously didn't quite have as much of the ball. Um, Dersma took a couple shots at goal early, and he looked very very jittery in front of the goals. Oh yes, um, this, this, this is this is dating. This is going back to the confidence issue. We yes, have. but uh, Dersma didn't have every time the ball went near him. He's very very good at gathering from ground level. Um, so I think he's got those really good. Baseline skills. All he has to do is, you know, work on disposal, work on obviously just get more match experience. These kids haven't even played an AFL home and away game yet, you know, um, yeah. and they already look this good. 
I think in retrospect, we're going to look back at 2018 in a few years like the 2014 or 2013 or 2014 draft. The 2013 one. I think where, where we got all the um the big the big guns, the Bont, yes. Patty Cripps. I think Josh we're going to look back on this one, and, and then um, there's Jack Billings, and then also Jack Billings. Uh, yeah, no, I think give it a few years, and this draft might also be looked at as one of the super drafts. Yeah, I, re- I know it's a very, very early call to make. Oh, look, I think you, you ha- I don't think you've been the first person that, that said this. Mm. Like, I think this is this, this has all the makings to be a real super draft. Yeah. Particularly, you know, when you look at all this talent that's on display, like Walsh. I'd love to. I'd love to watch him play against Richmond in front of about ninety five thousand. To see, one. you know, yeah, that's the real test, and especially for. A young kid but he, playing in front of ninety thousand at the G. But he already looks like a he already looks like a gun. He looks like he could get on get up on the G, get on the hallowed turf and get thirty disposals and make the Richmond midfielders look like a joke. Oh, you never know. <laughs> I, I, I I'll pay good money for that. I might Do you act- think? Um, all right, let's link this back. We wanted to talk about some of the rule changes before. Yeah. Um, and how they impacted the game style uh, in the JLT matches that we've seen so far. Do you think a lot of these younger midfield kids might be looking more promising because I think a lot of the top draft picks have been these kids who do really well with, you know, can gather the ball really well, and now they've got more time to do something with it, right? As we've seen from the 6-6-6, you've got less people pushing up from behind you at the centre bounce. Yeah. Um, So for guys like Walsh, who are in the centre bounce at all times, he's got way more time to dispose of the ball. Do we, do, has that had an impact on these players? You'd have to think it's got some form of impact on it because you, you think back to last year where at the centre bounce everyone just converge, converges into the, into the centre yeah. and that causes a lot of problems. You know, lots of stoppages. It, yeah, lots of stoppages and it's going to be hard for play, hard for any player really to mm. get it out mm. and, and make something of it. So I think this has to contribute to some degree. I'm not, yeah. su- not sure if it will contribute to all of it, but... I think this is going to be. I think it's a. Uh, I th- uh, yeah, I think it's a going to be a suitable suitable thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can see. You know what? The players that are going to really dominate this year, I think, will be inside midfielders, wingers, and then your key position players. I, I think. Yeah, like because now now with this six 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 rule, you've mm. got. Yeah, you've got a lot of space to work with, and yeah. I, I, I don't think they're allowed. I don't think forwards or backs are allowed to push in until they get the clearance out. Is that right? Um, I think it's just until the ball is bounced. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well, maybe. maybe but then maybe. still, you don't necessarily have enough time to push up to the square by the time someone's yeah. got possession of it. And I think it, it could also work for um, forwards and stuff for forwards as well because mm. I think the rules say. You have the full forward has to start in the goal square. Yeah, um, and I think I saw it particularly in the Bulldogs game last week where the Bulldogs win a centre clearance and there's a player leading out, leading out the goal square. They get mm-hmm. the mark, they have the shot on goal. Yeah, it happened with Billy Gowers a couple of times, and wouldn't you know it, he missed both of them. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's not the greatest set shot, hey? Oh, he concerns me. <laughs> he concerns me when he's having a shot from goal. Same uh. with the, same with the Bont, to be honest. He butchered a he butchered a gettable shot. You don't have yeah, look, not a lot of clean goal kickers, but that's all right. Dogs but, will work on it. No, <laughs> oh, we've been working on it for two years. <laughs> Any day now would be nice. Um, no, but the point is, it it helps it helps even the forwards, mm-hmm. e- even the forwards out. So I, I like I actually like this rule. I, I I think it's coming along. I think it's coming along really well. I think there have been a couple of couple of issues about mm-hmm. you know confusion and stuff, but I think this is kind of kind of what kind of what the JLT is. Four, yeah, to, to iron out the issues. Hmm. 
So I think they'll, I think they should have it right by round one, but yeah. oh, who knows? It's the AFL. Well, we're yeah already seeing teams adapting to it as well, and I think the game plans are going to change to adapt to it. I don't think the AFL needs to step in and change anything. I think what they've made here looks good. If anything, the only thing I'd like to see changed is that I think the runner runners not being on the ground has had more of an impact even. Yeah. Just because you're not getting as many messages out and we've seen the uh, the runners having to hold up the uh, the boards on the sidelines on the interchange to get players off. This is what I've come to, just holding up, <laughs> holding up a, uh, um, a, a screen. I think that's going to have more of an impact than we think just because... I just even think teams that are better on like on field coaching are going to do better. Yeah, I think this might even be another advantage that Brisbane have, where you know you've got Luke Hodge on the field, who is basically an on field coach at this point. You know, like <laughs> yeah, their backline are going to be directed at all times, and then that's going to carry forward through the ground. Well, that, you know, well that's what Hodge was brought in for. Yeah, like that, that. That's exactly what he was brought in for. And Chris Fagan will be laughing to himself this year, <laughs> absolutely loving it. I always want, I always want to know how the players on the ground know when it's their time to come off now because mm. like you can't just go, you can't just keep looking over at the bench and well, I think they're going to have to and and see like oh it's my turn to come off M- maybe maybe there's a schedule in there maybe there's a schedule in the rooms that we don't know about yeah possibly like like I know that happened to us to to my football club a while a while ago mm. where like we where the coach had like a board out and they and he listed out all like all the times for players to come off and on right so, so you just got to know your time to get off the ground yeah so I I I just want to I just I would like to know what what's what what goes on there like yeah. like you obviously can't keep looking back at the bench to no. see if, see if it's your turn to come off <laughs> that's true otherwise otherwise you'll just get distracted and you won't and you won't even have a good game maybe before you know like once every every time there's a stoppage the players should probably be I think they should be told every time there's a stoppage take a look at the boundary line see if there's a board up if you see your number get off the ground <laughs> probably the way it should be done yeah oh look, that's probably a, a more feasible strategy to be honest yeah but uh, oh, what 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 else what else they'll uh, they'll figure it out across the year um all right well we'll like i said speeding through we'll just talk about one more thing before we end this episode it'll be a nice quick one um there was an article today in the, uh, in the herald sun in the herald sun yes um gil mclaughlin has apparently there's been a bit of a bit of speculation that gil hasn't um uh, posted his like salary. It's not been made public information. Yeah, and people, some people, namely Jeff Kennett, because Jeff right. Kennett's always got to chime in on every how much your money, girl? Every big issue. Huh? Yeah, look, Jeff wants to see Gil's paycheck. Wants to know what's going on in AFL House, <laughs> <laughs> and they reckon it's a bit dodge. Yeah, oh, you, you'd trust somebody like Jeff Kennett to put his nose into into business like this. Mm. What do you reckon? Uh, you were the one that was reading through this article before, yeah. Doc. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts at all? It's a, it's it's an in, it's an interesting thing. Like, you know, how how many CEOs do you see in any sport in particular mm. that get that has their uh, salary details revealed? I wouldn't know. I don't think it's a very common thing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Like, I w- I. I would know what Adam. I would have known by now what how much Adam Silver makes in the NBA. I would know how much mm. Bernie makes in Formula One, or, <laughs> or 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 whoever is in charge of FIFA now. Yeah, like so, like this. It's it's a strange one. Like I, I'd, I'd be I'd be fascinated to see what he makes out of this because Gil is the man. Mm. He, he's he's the head honcho. He's the head honcho here at AFL, and yes. he's the man who's, you know, who's ultimately ultimately going to come up with. You know the rules and mm-hmm. all these regulations and stuff. So, like, I, I, I honestly, I would like to see it. 
Um, obviously, he doesn't have to. Yeah, it's none of our. Not, realistically, it's none of our business. <laughs> he's not. What, yeah, he's not um, it's, required. It's it's not like you're going to come up to me and say, Alex, how much do you make? <laughs> <laughs> Give us your yearly salary, Dockers. Yeah, well, yeah. Like I can easily tell you to get stuffed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I feel like that's. Is that not like a? Um, it's kind of like a social thing. You don't really ask people about, you know, yeah, their well, salaries. Why Why suddenly, just because he's a big public figure, does that need to be disclosed? Yeah, he's a big public figure, and there's a lot of players in the league that actually, you know, who, who actually have their details, like the, the mm. salary details revealed. So, you know, it's an interesting one. You, yeah. you, you'd, think, you'd think that, realis- you'd think realistically it's none of our business, but... I don't know, but Jeff Kennett's had an issue with it, so it's news now. Yeah, well, Jeff Kennett has an issue with a lot of things. <laughs> we won't exactly go into it, but I think he's he's a man for a lot of issues. Yeah, look, he, um, I, didn't he, didn't he want Clarko out all these all those years ago <laughs> after winning the flag? Be uh, wouldn't be too thrilled with that idea nowadays, would he? Nah. Well, <laughs> someone came up to Kennett and said, "Mate, when's Clarko getting out of the club?" <laughs> <laughs> don't think he'd be too happy. Oh, is he still rocking the uh, Hawthorne jacket, Kenneth? Or... <laughs> I don't know. I think he's. I usually see him in a in a suit. Pretty much every photo or anything you see of him above articles or in interviews, he's pretty much always suited up. Hey, yeah. Well, like there was there was a, there was that time where he just walked into any game with just you know a, a brown and gold suit jacket, mm. and <laughs> it's a good and, look. And realistically, just makes himself look like a knob <laughs> more more often than he, more often than he usually does. Uh look. Knows how to run his footy club, I guess. Well, I guess I guess that's true. He's got me there. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't know. Wouldn't how to know run. how to. Yeah, run I wouldn't a know. <laughs> but um, oh look, did you did you give out your thoughts or was I just rambling on? Too um, no, nah, look, I don't really have many thoughts. Gil can do whatever he likes. I have I have no reason to think that he needs to give those uh give his salary details up. It's just people making a stink because the there was the whole thing about the AFL um. AFL board getting a bunch of bonuses last year, and they yeah. want to know if the money's going to the right place, I guess. But I look, I know there's Gil, Gil McLaughlin probably sometimes does things that where you question a bit, like introducing AFLX oh. <laughs> and uh, not giving enough money to like you know places that might need it, like the women, <coughs> like the women <coughs> in its in its entirety. Oh, sorry, I've got a good bad throat today. <laughs> but look, I think the AFL. Mostly knows what they're doing. Just those few things that yeah, look, they need to change. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he he's a he's a fifty fifty thing. Like mm. uh, he do, like I'm grateful that he's brought in AFLW and well, yeah. And but, I, I I just love to see him put more time and money and effort into 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 it. Like, these ladies should be able to go professional. Oh, look, I th- I reckon so. Like like it, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Mm. And I think when you when you have a look at how far AFLW has come from season one to now, it's already massive. It, it's grown. Yeah. It, it, it's grown already, and it's going to continue to grow like even further. Like mm-hmm. I think there's, there there is a couple of issues that they need to iron out. Like I think I think knee injuries in the women's football is a yeah we've seen a lot of this recently is, is a huge huge issue, and like I think you don't need to go far as to. You see why? Because Nina Morrison would have battled Prisparkus for um, the Rising Star mm. Award this year. True, true. If she didn't go down, and that's that's you know, it's a it's a it's a harsh game sometimes AFL yeah. and AFLW. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I think the AFL are doing their best to. I, I I'd like to think they're doing their best, but I'm not I'm not exactly sure what Gill's up to plomp, plomping AFLX right in the middle of the of the women's season. Yeah, but look, hey, they could always do a little bit better. Oh, look, they, I I reckon they can. 
Well, um, you know what? Um, on this note, happy International Women's Day, everybody. Uh, we are going to have to cut this one a little bit short. Yeah, we, yeah. Look, we've uh, we're running. On, we're kind of running on borrowed time at the moment <laughs> because I think there's there's a couple of. Uh, Couple of things to attend to, hey. No, it's mainly just a mainly just a uni class. But <laughs> look, I think I think I think the teaching can let us get away with it because we're talking about women's football a little bit, don't you reckon? Oh yeah, we'll get a bit of leeway. Anyway, thank you for joining us on the A three forty podcast. Well, before we go, yes, Miller, you better come back. He'll be he'll be back in here. You better come back next week because we we look. I reckon we did all right, but um, it's not the same without you. It's never the same without the full the full gang. Um. Make sure you follow us on all our socials, the A340 Podcast on Facebook, at A340 Podcast on Instagram. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on everything you could possibly imagine. So make sure to give us a listen on all of those. And we'll be back next week, probably talking about the main season proper. Yeah, I, I reckon, or you reckon we'd just do a massive season preview. Let's, you know what, let's hope so. We'll have to find some time for that, but we will get into that next week. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Doherty. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye.